welcome to the Inspirational Australians podcast, where we chat to people making a difference in their communities and in the lives of others. And here is your host for today, Jeff Griffin. Welcome to the Inspirational Australians podcast, stories of inspiring achievements and community contribution. Every week, we will celebrate an award program category winner or finalist. We hope you'll be inspired and encouraged to know that Australia is in good hands. Together with our corporate partners and not-for-profit partners, Awards Australia showcase ordinary people from right across Australia doing extraordinary things. If you enjoy hearing the stories of our inspirational Australians, please subscribe, rate us and review us. We'd really appreciate it. This week's Inspirational Australian podcast guest is Ellie DeGraba, who is the founder of Go For Zero. You're going to love this story. Ellie is amazing. Go For Zero is extraordinary. Ellie is very passionate about zero toxin products. Ellie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Absolute pleasure. I've been hearing off air a little bit about uh, uh, your daily life, and I think people will be fascinated. How did the idea for Go For Zero come about? It actually started with my daughter, my first daughter, Grace. When she was born, I would just use normal mainstream products on her, like Bather in the Wedella or any mainstream brands. And I would just see that she could really burst into rashes. And at the start, as a mom, you think it's all about you. So I stopped dairy. I tried the different food things because when you breastfeed, you think it's all it's something that you do. And um, when that did all not help, it was really by coincidence that I was just looking at the products that I was using on her and I was trying to understand the ingredients list at some of these kids products, which you as a mom really rely on. You think it's all safe. It's perfectly fine for a little baby skin. And because I couldn't understand what the ingredients were, I started just to research what actually do I put on my kid's skin? Could that be something she reacted to? And I was absolutely blown away, absolutely blown away by learning what the ingredients are, how they react to your skin. But I think the the thing that was the hardest for me to understand was how can a product like this be on the shelves? How is there no regulation from the government that that shouldn't be in the products for the kids? Or how can big companies like that just promote products like that without any warnings or it's almost like they try to make you not understand the ingredients because once you know what they are, you wouldn't want to use it on you. You wouldn't want to use petroleum on you, certain parabens on you. Once we know what's in it, we wouldn't use it. So I think as a mum going back, that's really what started off my toxin-free journey and the research into the companies, into their ingredients and from there, it led me to really start my toxin-free journey, which started with my kids. And it just, from my kids, it started to my skincare. And it, it became a little snowball effect. I looked at my cleaning products, which I thought was one of the main, the worst chemicals, I would say, out there. And I just started to make a swap for myself. I started to make my own products, which some were massive fails. <laughs> so I wouldn't say I wouldn't say I was great at it, but I just I had that something, a fire in my belly to really not use anymore what is just on the shelves because I saw when I researched it that I that's absolutely not what I would want to put on my kids or have in my house. I guess and when it's the- when it affects your family directly, particularly your children that you love and want to protect, uh, then that becomes very real for you. Yeah, and I think it's a real driver since then. My kids have been a real driver also rolling into the zero waste because once you start looking into all these ingredients and then you look at the packaging and then you learn about recycling. For me, it was just it was this big aha moment that just led into reading about, for example, the plastic that it comes in, that once we recycle it in a recycling bin, only 12% truly gets recycled. So we think whatever we put in our recycling bin will get recycled, but there's such a minor amount that does. So I think all that came together. And for me, I just had enough, I think, and I wanted to find one place where I know I could trust the products that they have no toxins in them, that it wouldn't harm us. 
but also wouldn't harm the planet so that the products are also not packaged in plastic, that they're easy to recycle if they're recyclable, like glass and metal, because they have a very high recycling rate compared to plastic is very low. Um, and that's actually what kicked off everything to start Go for Zero. That one spot that I wanted people to be able to come to and absolutely trust that the products do good for them, but also do good for the planet. Well, it sounds like a win-win uh, health of an individual and health of the planet. So can't get much better than that. Mm. Go for Zero has three principles, doesn't it, when, uh, yeah. when you look for products? What are they? Yeah, so first of all, what I touched upon is I research the ingredients and I really look if they're totally safe for us. Once they are, I look at the packaging. So when they come in plastic, like this is just a no-go for me, we don't do it. And then the third one is I really wanted to support where I live. I really wanted to support Australian families. So all our sustainable products are also founded by Australians. So that means, for example, we have toothpaste that are in little tablets that you just chew. So there's no um, toothpaste tubes, for example, anymore. And there's a lot of brands out there. You have brands in the UK, you have brands in the US. But for me, it made no sense to have all these shipping emissions then to get a sustainable product here, but then have it, have it come on the boat for so far. So I'm just supporting Australian companies to support local, but also, again, for the planet because it reduces our emissions enormously. Yeah, well, I guess we don't always think about the bigger picture of the emissions that are caused by actually getting things here, uh, not to mention supporting local products and local businesses, which is really critical in these really difficult COVID times. We certainly know how tough it is, and I'm sure you do as well, both uh, with your business but also for others I believe Go for Zero was born in your spare bedroom. Can you tell us, yeah, about the start of the journey? You know, that must have, you must look back with a big smile and think, wow, uh, the journey and the growth of the business has been extreme. Can you tell us a bit about that journey and how you transitioned? Yeah, I really, um, it was a real big jump. I just, I have, I'm a psychologist. My background is in psychology and I did a master's in coaching after that too. And when we moved to Australia, because my husband is Australian, I really knew I had this passion for these products and I knew I wanted to start something. I thought if I want something like that and I can't find one place where people can find these products, there must be other people out there like me who want this. So I just started in our spare bedroom. I think I took about maybe 15 brands on, launched the website. And then like everyone, you launch a website, you push the button and you think like, oh, sales will come in, but absolutely nothing happened. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. I want to burst that bubble for anyone that's listening. Yeah. Launching a website is like, that's great. That's great job done. But that does not mean you'll have any sales. So it's really about how do you promote your products, how do you get out there? How do you get on top of mind of customers? So what I personally did is I opened a local pop-up store here where I live, which was in Calandra then. And that went extremely well for us. That was, I was in, during the summer holidays. And the main thing for me there was to learn what are people really after. And learn that people really miss how the products, to understand how the products work. So that became one of my focuses. Besides promoting that we have these products, every single day I show up on Instagram, on social media, and I explain these products. For example, I have on my desk here, I have like um, two drops. So that's an, an, um, a mouthwash, and it's only two drops. You put in a glass of water, you add the water to these drops, and you have a full glass of mouthwash from just two drops. So if I put it on the website, people, even if they want to go zero waste and without chemicals, it's still a very hard to understand product. So my role has really evolved to explaining every single day, how do these products work? Why are they better? How much waste do they reduce? And to really help people um, on their journey. And so that started in my bedroom with a pop-up store. And we from there, we went to the garage of, um, my husband's family and then we took the jump to a warehouse and now three years later we're in a 300 square meter warehouse so we've had a really 
exponential growth um, to the business with a lot of passion and a lot of hard work, I would say. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure a lot of hard work. A big shout out to Seven Queensland, our friends who are in Richidore there, just uh, close by to where you started your first pop-up. They're very big supporters of our programs, so we thank them for that. I'm sure some people would think, oh, it's pretty easy going, but as you said, you, you launched your website, and that would have been taken some work too, I imagine. You click the button, off you go, and uh, nothing happens. So how did you get your own online business moving and shaking? Yeah, for me, it really, the pop-up store helped because I collected email addresses from people and then I could email them and say like, hey, um, this is a product that you bought. Like it took a lot of individual um, contact, to be honest, for me to start. And then slowly you roll into advertising and Google advertising and Facebook advertising. And that's where you can actually reach instead of just the local customers where I could reach Australians and even we get orders from the US. Um, So these things really helped us to get the word out there. And then if you have the right basics and if you really promote what you stand for and how you're different from other stores, I think then people start to really understand. And it's word of mouth too. It goes from, you know, one customer, if they buy something they love, they might tell their friends, they might tell their family and it spreads out like that. So I think um, you have return customers. So I think advertising really helped us, but it's I had to start off really slow with a pop-up store because I had to learn more about how to do this because I had never run an online store. I had to learn everything from scratch. Was it a bit depressing to start with? You know, you sort of think, have these dreams that you launch your website and it's all going to happen. And you know, Yeah, I, I, would, I would say, because I'm so passionate about what I do, I would say I always felt like if I can only tell people, they'll they'll love it. You know, like I felt like if I can get the word out there, I know it will be a success because who wouldn't want to use less chemicals and at the same time do better for the planet? So I think I always just had that strong drive and that passion and that purpose in me. And my only goal was to get the word out there. I would do anything to to be able to spread the word. And so I think because you have that startup energy, I didn't feel depressed because you also don't know where you can get to. But then looking back, I think like, gosh, I started off very slow. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're young and enthusiastic and that's uh, also a bonus. How important do you think having a purpose is, you know, talked about three principles and you have a purpose for your business how important is that to keep you focused and energized towards your successes for me i think it's absolutely crucial because there are so many hard days there's so many days that you don't have to sell that you need to cover your cost there's so many days that things happen that you think like gosh why why am i doing that but if your why is so strong inside if you know that purpose drives you every single day when i walk on the beach Every time we pick up trash, and then again, I post about it on social media, and that's my why. Every day I'm confronted with all the waste that you find everywhere, Um, with the chemicals. You go to the supermarket, just the smells. You know there's so many perfumes, which is very, very um, heavily loaded with chemicals too. So for me, I think the purpose is crucial because there's so many hard days, and I don't want to bring this down because there's so many amazing things about it, which way overpower the hard days but the hard days if you have your purpose that's what really keeps you going and just drives you every single day again so the purpose is really important I think a part that I had missed in other companies too was a real transparency and that's why we started a donation program where people when they check out they can choose which um, company we donate our money to And they can track on every single moment. They can track how much money we donated yesterday, last month, in the past year. And I think even that, like looking at the donations we've done and how many lives that we've impacted just by donating money, like I can can get tears in my eyes, you know, like I feel so proud then because I think I'm, I think I'm still quite small company compared to, you know, like all the big ones out there. And then for a small company like us to be able to do so many good in the world just with the donations itself, like, you know, it's that drives you. And then difficult days, that purpose is just what keeps you going every single day. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. How important 
is your passion and uh, your personality to repeat business do you think you talked about your instagram and facebook messaging about your products and how to use and purpose of the products how important is that in to getting your repeat business yeah i think it's really important because that's the feedback that we receive also through our customers on social media then because we're very interactive with them and a lot of people tell us like oh you just make it look easy. You make it look happy. You know, we don't say about, for example, a razor. We don't say the whole time like, oh, a billion disposable razors enter in landfill every day. We say like, hang on, look at this. This is a reusable razor. It will be for the rest of your life. If you think about how many you've used in the past, think about how many you can save. You know, like if we take a positive approach and the happy you can do this approach, and I think it really resonates with people. But it's also just who I am. I'm not. I'm a very big optimist. <laughs> like I'll always see the good in people. I'll always uh, try the good things, and I believe in the good things too. And I think it's it's crucial, absolutely crucial, when you do videos that you have that you know, like that passion. People can feel that I live every single day, and it means also when they have a question to me, I can easily reply because the products that we have and that I promote are products that I use every single day because I needed it. I needed a mouthwash that doesn't come in plastic and with chemicals. I needed a razor that I didn't want to dispose. So, you know, like all these products, it's just what I love too. And that's how I can bring across and help people understand how zero waste products can just be as good and even better, I would say, than your mainstream single-use products. Beautiful. Well, starting your business is tough for anybody. You know, and I'm asking these questions that I think will be relevant to everybody and everyday life because life is always difficult. We should have a purpose regardless of what part of our life it is. We should have purpose in our life and a reason. And a thing to pull back on, when things are a bit low as to why we stay motivated, why we keep going and our purpose in life could be our children, our families, our sport, our community groups, our um, environmental practice, whatever it might be. Uh, you started with your pop-up stores in, or your first pop-up store in Caloundra, as I mentioned, and as you mentioned. Have you had any permanent locations or have you thought about that? So where have you gone from that first pop-up? Yeah, we have um, a store in Caloundra, a permanent store in Caloundra, and um, we had two small stores that we did together with a few other businesses. It's more like a collaboration store, um, but that, that's only temporary. That was only temporary. So the one that we have um, a fixed store is just the one in Calandra and then obviously our online store, which is for us the biggest part of our business. How's the uh, permanent store, the location in Calandra go? Actually really good, but I sometimes wonder if it's because that's where I started it and people really really welcomed me in the community and they were so excited by it. I think there's so much repeat customers um, that go to that store that they just refill their products from us. So for us, that store has been doing amazing, really amazing. Oh, that's fantastic. What are some of the characteristics that someone needs that will help, to help them persevere and succeed, particularly during these tough past few years, which I imagine has been uh, tough for you as well. Yeah, um, I would definitely say passion. I think passion is probably one of the most important because that will drive you whenever, you know, like that's that's even when you're not working, you still look at the world different. I Everywhere I am, I look at waste, it's just in me and that makes me also better at my business because I see pain points that I might otherwise not see. And I think that's really because I'm so passionate about it. I see it everywhere and I want to fix it. For example, when I had my pop-up store, I could not get the location I wanted. Um, the real estate company said no. The owner said no. So I wrote him a letter and I said, look, I'm a mum. I'm local. I have this passion for toxin-free products. I won't do anything to your space. Please let me just have two months. I'm sure, like, you know, like it will be all fine. And then he called me back and he said, sure, that's fine. So, you know, at that moment, it was a really crucial part in my journey because if I couldn't have done that store I had to figure out different ways to learn about the products, to show it to people. Um, so for me, that was a really big moment in 
my go for zero journey that I was like at the moment someone he said no to me I was like I've got it. I need it I want it I've got to find another way so I think determination is really really crucial and then yeah. don't, don't give up with no no absolutely if you're passionate not. and you believe in your cause keep trying yeah, there's 10 different ways to do it. You know, like if that way doesn't work, try again, again. And if not, then there's, yeah. there'll be other ways to yeah. get to where you want to. Thank you. No. You talked about your online store being uh, the most successful. What uh, percentage of your business comes from that? How much time do you have to invest on updating your website constantly? And I guess what are your top selling products? Yeah, so... I would say probably 95% of our sales is from online. So our online is doing really well. And the only reason it's pretty logical, I guess, because you can reach the whole of Australia while the store can only reach the local community. So um, definitely our online store. I think one of the pain points for a company that's three years old, right, is time i would say i do so many different things we have someone um full-time marketing we have someone full-time operations we have two packing all day and then um i do everything around that it's about um reaching out to new um collaborations that we can do so there's there's limited time and limited amount of people. So when it's funny when you say how much time do you spend updating your website? I would say probably 1% of my time. It's quickly changing something and that's it. And it's just because you don't have the budget to put someone in there. And I know if I would, it would generate sales again, but you're always catching up. I find when you grow, you're always, when you're finally doing well financially, that's where you're so under the pressure with all the things you're doing that you actually need a new staff. So then you, you like you're going back to yep. low and then you have to, you know, sales have to catch up again with whatever this new staff is doing. And so I feel I'm always playing catch up. So I think it's a bit of hard part because right now I think like, oh, we're doing so well. It's amazing. But then I know the packing is under a lot of pressure because we have so many orders. So actually we need someone else to pack now. So then again, it's on your budget. So I think it's just, I don't know when this stops, to be honest. I'm not there yet. I'm three years in and every time I have to, when we add a staff or, or a, a certain system that we put in place, every time it is a, another budget that you have to allocate and it just takes away from, yeah, your profit as a business, obviously, yeah. to be able to grow. It's a good problem to have, yeah. but it is a problem because, as you said, you then have to sell X amount of product to cover the cost of the new person that you need. Yeah. Uh, it's a constant battle. Yeah. So hopefully people can get behind you, check out your website, <laughs> start buying to give you more problems. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, hope, hopefully everybody can help you um, have more headaches. <laughs> so uh, what about your suppliers? That uh, must be a constant uh, workload as well, trying to find new suppliers, make sh- making sure that they're providing the products that can meet your expectations. Yep, exactly. So we have really strict, um, um, how would you say, it? standards for our products. You know, they, um, they have to be as low plastic as possible. We need refills. If there's anything with a spray, we want to refill because sprays can't be recycled. So we need them to be able to reuse their sprays over and over again. So we have very strict rules about things like that. And we have come to the point now that suppliers reach out to me and they say like, hey, this is me. I've got this brand. Um, I'd love you to check it out. I'm sending you a sample over right now. So we finally came to the level of business that people reach out to us too. But it, it wasn't like that, right? Like I was a very someone that no one ever heard of and yeah. so I had emailed them and said like hey I've had this store and really convinced them that we are the right um, partner for them but now we also come to that point when when suppliers reach out to us that we can really help and we say like oh what about your packaging how do you ship it to us you know we don't want any plastic in your packaging to us because that's a no-go for us so we also help them be if it's not only the product it's about the labels they ship with so there's so much things that we have learned as a business that we can help our suppliers now also do better. 
And yeah. I think we have a really big sheet whenever we onboard a supplier. It's about all their accreditations. It's about um, can people have it when they're breastfeeding? Can they have it when they're pregnant? Is it okay for newborns? So we have a whole checklist that we um, put our suppliers through before we can really take them on and then that we're sure that we're providing our customers with the right product and the right information too. And I think we have about, we have over a hundred Australian brands now. So we yeah. have about a thousand, two hundred products in total. Sure. Yep. And they're from all a hundred Aussie families um, that we source them. Be a lot of work, very comprehensive yes. checklist that you have and to go through all that because there are so many preservatives and chemicals in far more than we could ever imagine that they should be in. Yep. And you do wonder, how is this possible? What the heck is going on? What are we putting into our bodies? Yeah. And I had, for example, someone reach out to me who wants to make toilet bombs. So that's like to clean your toilet. Yeah. And they said like, oh, where do I look? Um, who do I have to write if this is a safe product? And, and I said like, no one, everyone can just launch their product. If I say I want to launch a skincare tomorrow, I can just make it and launch it. Like there's no double checks. There's no, yeah. you know, like this. And that is the hard part, I think. That's why customers come to us because they know we check it. I check every single ingredient against the, it's called EWG work group. So it's a really, it's a group that has done extensive research about chemicals and how they react to our bodies and they give a rating to it. So I always check with them, um, how it's rated and then we decide to take it on or not but indeed it's a it's a big job it is an absolutely big job to yeah. every time check every single product but again if you're passionate i get so excited when i get a new brand on and i look at the ingredients and i'm testing the creams and i just i don't know and i talk on social media i tell them that i'm trying this brand i'm, I'm doing polls i have a gel cleanser that i'm looking at would you be interested in having something like that? So people, I get a feel of what they are after too. So I take our customers really along that journey of the whole business. What, what are we doing? Some meetings that we do, I tell them about. Um, some strategies that we're looking at. So it's really, we take our customers so much behind the scenes that it also shows who we are so that they know they can trust what we do. Yeah, that's fantastic. And they will go on the journey with you and uh, be a part of your passion and your cause. So, Ellie, what's some of the uh, top-selling products as a, a novice or someone who hasn't been on your website or bought from your products? What sells the most? I, or maybe I'll take you through the three best sellers maybe in the store. So one, one is a reusable baking mat. So you know your baking paper that you use at home. Yes. It's not recyclable. So it's not because it's called paper that you can recycle it because it gets really dirty. They can't split the wax from the paper. So it goes always in landfill. So we have this mat, which is called a reusable baking mat, which will last you years and years. And it's a silicon mat. And you just use that. You use that, you put your whatever you put in the oven, put it on there, and then you wash it afterwards, wash it off and you reuse it. So there's zero waste um, to the product involved. So that's been our bestseller probably since the last six months, maybe since we launched it. It's been absolutely loved um, by our customers. So I would say that is one. The second one is a dish and laundry block. So it's, you know, like when you have your dish liquid, it comes in like a plastic um, bottle that you squirt out, um, all your laundry products also come in plastic bottles. So our dish and laundry block is one block. It's like a big sew block, as you can say. And you can just rub your brush on it and do your dishes with it so it foams up. Yep. Or you can grate it and use the grated soap in your laundry and wash your clothes with it. Same as the laundry detergent. Yeah, exactly. And there's zero waste because it comes in a cardboard box that is compostable and recyclable. And it's Australian-made it's zero waste. It has zero chemicals in it. And, and it's effective? Super, yeah. Super, yeah, super, cool. super. Yeah, we have so many reviews on, online um, from it. It just works. And I think my mother-in-law, she uses it, obviously, but she says, I used to remember grading soap for my mum for her laundry. So oh, wow. actually the products are not new. The products are just, we moved to this convenience of plastic because we like squirting a bottle instead of grabbing a brush and rubbing it on a block. 
And I think it's just what people used to do, but we've had this two or three generations where we've been using so much plastic and now we're actually just going back to what was done before all this, before all this waste happened. Same we, with pay the price. we pay the price for convenience yeah. with all these chemicals that are preservatives or add plastic to make life easier or quicker. We pay Absolutely. the price ultimately. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think that's where people people really understand this more and more. And I think the hard part for many people is still actually where do I start? Where do I start my journey to reduce my waste, to reduce my toxins? So that's why we often talk about it also on our social media. Like what are the first steps you can do to reduce your waste? Um we help them to look at the ingredient label. We offer them the alternatives. So I think, indeed, like you say, we pay the price for convenience. And I think a lot of more people and customers realize that. And we're at that phase, I think, also with everything that's been happening in the world, to be honest. Yeah. I think. So we're going to ask really you for, for item number three. But then uh, I want to ask you how do, can people email you or can they go online and ask you questions about um, certain type, you know, I want to do this. So what products could I use or can I easily search that on your website? So first question was what's your third product? And then you know, how do people find the products they're looking for? Yeah, so the third, um, the third one is um, toothpaste. Toothpaste, yes. Toothpaste. Yeah, well, no, actually not the tablet, the paste okay. that we have, but the paste comes in a glass jar and a metal lid. And it has no chemicals because a lot of toothpaste has something that's called SLS. So it's a foaming agent. So when you brush your teeth, uh, it foams up a lot, but yep. it's a very harsh chemical. So, uh, um, yeah, so we don't have anything with that in there. So what do they do? Do you, How do you get the toothpaste out of the jar? Yeah, so you can just have it all with a little spool or if it's just your jar, if you don't share it, you can just drop drop your um, toothbrush in it and, and scoop a bit on and then you brush and it foams a little bit, but it does not foam like the toothpaste that we get yeah. at home. But then again, if you want it to foam, that's fine, but then you have the chemical in it that makes it foam. So it's really, once you know, then you're fine probably with, your toothpaste not foam as much, you know, like, but you have to learn and understand why it's not as good for you before you really are happy to make the swap, I would say, with toothpaste. Yeah, I think sometimes we falsely believe something is there to make it healthier. Like it's got a foam and if it doesn't foam, it's not healthy. Or if our soap doesn't foam, it's then it's clearly not doing the job. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's not necessarily the case. No, absolutely not. No. Cool. All righty. So I want to uh, I want to get something for the bath, or I want to uh, buy something to clean the car with. How do I find it on your so, website? Yeah. So we have our online website, which is go for zero. It's called .com.au, and in there you have all the categories. So you can look at kitchen. You can look at what do you want to replace. Um, you find it on there, but also I would definitely say our social media, have a look as every day we explain alternatives for your everyday products. So social media is go for zero underscore AU. Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And always on there, we have a chat box or Lozzy is always on there talking to customers, helping them out. Um, and we're a very, you know, it's not, we're an online store, but we're a very personal company. So there's someone behind there replying. There's not, um, you know, like it's not a robot talking to you. It's really us at the warehouse, even discussing options. Someone says, I've, I've got a really bad eczema. What product is best? So we, we're often there just saying like, oh, I would advise the magic market. I had so many customers reply to me about this. So I feel we're really, we're a little community at the warehouse and we're just trying to help people and absolutely love the product that they have. What are some of the major challenges you've faced in developing your brand? And you may have covered some of this off already, but what are the key things that are real challenging? Um, I think one of the hardest things for me personally is because even though we only support Australian-owned brands, 
Not everything is Australian made. Everything that can be Australian made is Australian made. But for example, silicon, we don't have the production facility in Australia. So that's something that is made overseas. So it's still an Australian family that founded it and has the ID and sells it. But a few products are not Australian made. And so that's silicon, bamboo and stainless steel are the main ones that we can't find a production site in Australia for. Yeah. And I think I sometimes find that hard because I wish it was all Australian made. We, we applied for a grant that we're still waiting for to have a silicon product made in Australia to just get it started. To just try it, you know, like give it a try and see if it works. Yeah. Um, but it does come with a higher cost. And then, so it's that trade-off. People want to have it Australian made, but then also still want the price of having it made overseas. So not everyone's like that, but quite a lot of people are like, well, that's too expensive. So then if it's made overseas, it's cheaper, but then they don't want, you know, like it's that balance. I find that really hard sometimes. Frustrating. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, Annette, our producer, she is a, a big greenie when it mm -hmm. comes to not using plastic, mm. haven't um, seen glad wrap or anything like that for a number of Yay. years in our household. <laughs> and I call them, I think they're the silicon wraps. We, I call them the green aliens. Yeah, <laughs> they're green yeah. aliens. Yeah. And they're always hanging out, drying somewhere yeah. around the place. So, yes, I'm sure she'll be <laughs> smiling to herself, listening in right now in the background. So I have to ask you, what's greenwashing and why is it a big issue for us? Yeah, so I have to actually say when I came to Australia, there's this brand that really stuck to me. It's called Organic Care and I think it's from Coles or Woolies. So people just say organic care. So when you go to the supermarket, you think like, oh, yeah, that must be a great product, right? It says organic care. But then you look at the products and there might be one organic product in there, which might have been even the the one with the least amount in it. So there's there's just no regulation about, you can say natural, you can say organic, you can say um, eco, you can say, well, it's still in plastic, you know, maybe it has no chemicals, but it's still in plastic. So people say, oh, I'm an eco store, but they still sell 70% plastic products, you know, like, and there's no regulations about that. And I think it's really hard as a customer to, to see through that and you you it's you hardly can to be honest because if you don't research the ingredients and have all that time and spend all that time like we do like who goes to the supermarket and reads through all the ingredients and looks on the phone because often you can't even pronounce them so you've got to start to type it in to understand what it even means and I think there's so much like that that we lack a lot of regulations to be honest from the government and people just say whatever they want on their product. And then I call it organic hair. And I came home and I had like one organic ingredient in it. And I thought like, oh, man, <laughs> they even got crazy. me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I wasn't really like that. So I think that was really when I moved here. I thought like, oh, wow, that is just, you get fooled. You get fooled, but you don't know that you get fooled. And that's probably hard about it. Well, everybody's busy and you don't want to read all the fine print. Oh. When you get older like me, you probably can't. Um, yeah. You see those words and you do, you're drawn to them. And you go, oh, okay, well, that's better for yeah. me or that's yeah. better for the environment. The person that's not fooled is our youngest son. He reads everything. He's not into any form of toxin or chemical. Good on him. He doesn't, <laughs> won't even it. drink tap water because it's got fluoride. He brings in special water that's... Um, yeah. Not 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 alkaline or whatever it is. I don't know, but anyway, he will love a store. <laughs> yeah, well, absolutely. I've I've already thought I've got to tell him um, he'd be your best customer. I reckon pretty quick. Um, you're very passionate about raising awareness and eliminating, of course, the amount of chemicals and waste found in households with toxin-free, low-waste Australian-owned products, as you've talked about. How do you go about raising that awareness and that education? Yeah, I would say because we're an online store with the products, but I think we're equally an online store with products as an education channel. I think it's when I say I educate customers on social media about the products, half of my time I'm talking about how to recycle a bag of chips because that's of plastics that should go into your recycling bin, that your um, receipt that looks like paper, but it's not paper, it's thermal paper. So it goes to the waste 
um, been, you know, things like that. I think the way um, we talk to our customers, it's all about educating, but I learn so much still every single day. I get questions about how do I recycle this? And I think like, oh, even I don't use it, but that doesn't mean a lot of other people don't use it. So I do all the research and then I just bring it back to the customers. And if I don't know, I just do a poll on Instagram and I ask him and then I just post it so everyone can read about it. So social media is the biggest one, but also emails. If you subscribe to our newsletter, then every week you will get um, an email about a product which explains a product, sometimes has a deal in it. But on every Friday, we have our happy Friday email. And it's like I said to you, we're so passionate and we feel like that we can absolutely change the world still. We can still do our part. So every Friday, we send out an email with two amazing stories that happened around the world. For example, someone is making a fertilizer out of um, batteries now. Um, yeah. So things like that, like little stories that we can find around the world that really are changing your mindset and, and are helping us to really believe that we can still change or have a really positive impact in the world. So email is a really big channel for us too. Well, I've got one little tip, and that is uh, we don't ask for receipts on when we purchase stuff. So yeah. that's a good way to just reduce a little bit of paper a lot of times. My only little tip is uh, if you think it's something that you may need to return, probably a good idea to get a receipt then. Yeah. Things, things like your coffee, you're probably not going to return. No. So. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed, yeah, no. But yeah, anything you think there's a big ticket item that you may need, to return and you get a yeah. receipt. But otherwise, you don't need the receipt. No. Don't waste the paper. There's yeah. so many little things that we can do. Yeah, and for example, in the warehouse, we've never printed packaging slips, anything. We are almost paper-free in the warehouse, I think. There's, I haven't used a printer forever in a warehouse, so I don't even know if it's still going. <laughs> but, you know, there's ways now that if you just don't do it anymore, you know, like there's – I think a lot is changing. A lot of it's more digital. So it is definitely, I think, paper waste, which is a big one. You yeah. can easily reduce at work by not printing just everything. You don't need to file everything anymore in paper. You can file it on your computer now and just save it somewhere instead of printing things out. There's little things that you can do in your everyday life to just reduce your waste without going, you know, like and do crazy big things. Yeah, there are a lot of digital software, software, uh, digital and software programs that will allow you to photocopy or, yeah. or yeah. scan or whatever it is rather than printing it out and giving to someone. I think I know the answer to this question already, but how important are 100% toxin-free, sustainably packaged products? Yeah, I would say, obviously, you ask me, so I'd be like, oh, it's the way forward, Joe. It's uh, you have to, you have to change. Um, it's just like the, there's little changes that we just can make, and these days there's so many alternatives out there now for even just a toothbrush. Use a bamboo toothbrush; it doesn't make a big difference in our life. And like I find once you start with a product, even like sunscreen, for example, once you start with a product and you see how it works and you love it and you really like, hang on, that actually goes easy. It gives you a good feeling that you're not using plastic and chemicals on you. It's just your brain gets going and you think like, oh, what might be my next swap? And I think just for our bodies, like the way chemical interfere with us, just for the way the world, how we leave the world behind, you know, like I think about my kids, I think like my, I want to give them the a world that our generation started to clean up. I hope one day that they will say like, that's crazy. You drank water out of plastic bottles. What? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I hope that they will be like that. Like what were they thinking? Seriously. So I think that it's really all changing and that we're really going back to a way more sustainable uh, world, but there's there's just there's a lot to do still, and a lot of um, educating still to do, which is fine. I think there's a lot of people jumping on board, showing the growth of the company. We can see people want this. People want to change. They don't always just know how. Maybe there'll be a, a machine that you can put your two dollars into, press the button, and it'll fill up your six hundred ml bottle. Your yeah. you know your uh, reusable bottle instead yeah. of getting 
punching out a 600ml plastic bottle. Yeah, exactly. There you go. There's a free tip for anybody who, <laughs> who uh, wants a social enterprise project. <laughs> so there are so many things that we can do. And when you think of all the products that you've talked about that we use that probably go in, well, that go into the recycle but don't actually get recycled, it's scary. The amount that we could save, if everybody reduced by 10%, and that's it and that's it um because people often think oh it's just one plastic bottle it's just once but like eight billion people if if we think that just once that's like eight billion plastic bottles you know like we think sometimes that we or one one piece will not make the difference but so many people think that way so that's why change is so hard because we think like oh it's okay it's just one but it's not just one because if we all think that then it's you know, like it's for everyone one, which is a lot. Can you imagine how much time you'll save walking on the beach, not having to pick up yeah. all of that rubbish? <laughs> if ever, all of us take the challenge just to reduce, try to think about reducing 10% of our waste. Yeah. Oh, man, that'd be amazing. It would be a huge impact. And it's funny that you say about the beach because I say sometimes with my husband, because we both do it, we're like puppets, like one talking and then you look you look aside and he's gone. Like he's he's trying to pick up something that he found that he has to dig deeper and then, then I go down, you know, like it's just these two puppets up and down. Our conversations aren't great when we do a walk. <laughs> Can you tell us a bit about your team uh, at Go For Zero? Who are they? How many staff do you have now and uh, are they all passionate like you? Yeah, I have to, like, touch wood, but I've been absolutely blessed with my team. They are so passionate and so on board with the vision that I have for this company. When we talk about our, our strategies, we don't talk about money. We talk about how many families have started to come to us, how many new families joined us and had done their first order. It, that's what really makes us excited it's if it's a $20 order or a $100 order like it makes a difference for the business but for us like deep inside we care that someone started it and I love looking at orders like on a Monday morning I walked around when they've put it all out and I just think like wow so many people are reducing for example their toothpaste tubes their their cleaning products and so on so I feel the team that we have they just get it. They're here from because they also want to make a change and they feel that passion. And I can see they work so extremely hard because they also want to achieve what I want to achieve. So I think our vision and our purpose, just we live and breathe it in the warehouse. We have no like real waste bin anymore because we all bring our lunches in our lunch boxes and our stainless steel lunch boxes. We, um, we would even comment on each other, you know, when someone brings something plastic, they're like, well, you can make your pesto, you know. <laughs> so, or I bring pesto because I get I got it from the market and I got a lot of greens and I made it quick so we don't have to buy, you know, like so there's little things that, that every day I feel we just, the team lives and breathes. But also I have to say I only hire through social media anymore because it, it's this generation is on social media and that means if they already follow us, or they started on their journey, or they're interested in it. Like there's already something that they have aligned with us. So when we have a new um, position available, I only do it through social media anymore because I know that they're already following us for whatever reason it is. Fantastic. Ellie, how do you get involved with the environmental industry, I suppose, in terms of uh, educating and understanding the problem? Yeah, so uh, we can see that our customers, so many people find it hard to know how to recycle, which we touched on before. So, for example, I went to um, a landfill site and I had a call about where I could see how the machines work. Like, so, for example, if you put your waste in a plastic bin bag, the machines can't sort it, so that goes straight to landfill. So it's all little things that I could see on the machines on how they all work separately. So I just take that back and then I educate our customers on that. And, for example, we also we are a partner with EnviroBank. So it's when you bring your cans back where you get your 10 cents. 
when you reach enough points, you can get a $50 voucher from Go for Zero. So it's really that positive reinforcements. If you recycle right, you can get a benefit from it. So I think so the way that we educate and how I learn myself is really to partner up and listen to these communities. What is the pain point of the customers? And then really reach out to all recyclers here that I did at the Sunshine Coast and see how can we teach everyone how this works, like really visually show the machines. For example, like cardboard just floats on it while glass will fall through. So there's different machines that really sort it, but I had never seen it. So it was really, I knew it, but I've never seen it. So even for me, it was really eye-opening. Looking at landfills, like being there, I just thought it was mind-blowing. You have these machines digging full of birds on there, you know, like things that you don't expect to see, but it was full, full, full of birds, machines coming through, just dumping all that stuff in. Like it just gave me a real heartache. I was like, oh, that's yeah. that's very confronting, you know. Yes. We don't see. We put it in our um, in our landfill bin, and that's it. It disappears in our head. But yes. then, if you see where it ends up, it is really confronting. And as you said, probably only about twelve percent, on average, actually can get properly recycled. Yeah. So that's a lot of landfill. Yeah, what we also do is we have our own recycling program at the warehouse. So we partner up with TerraCycle. So that means, for example, um, people send us their um, blister packs, they send us their um, bread tags, they send us their old razors. So all items that cannot be recycled through the normal recycling program, they can send to us. And we partner up, for example, the lids of your uh, milk bottle. We partner up with lids for kids. So they make mobility aid out of these lids. For kids, um, the bread tags, they they raise funds for wheelchairs for um, this people actually that can't afford to buy a wheelchair. So what they do with the bread tags, they mold them all um, into plastic. They make um, products from it and then they sell these products and the proceeds of that go to buying wheelchairs. So there's so many ways that we can still recycle, but it's very hard through or, you know, or government programs. So... All, um, we have a link on the website to, to recycle. So it's all the products that we accept that you can send to us and that we make sure that do get recycled instead of land up, uh, end up in landfill. Fantastic. Well, that's uh, such great add-ons, really taking it to the full mm. level of commitment. So congratulations. Okay. Congratulations. Also, of course, you were a Telstra Award finalist for Queensland for promoting sustainability, which yes. is awesome. <laughs> That's, yeah. uh, that's brilliant. It must have been a, a thrill for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a really big process. <laughs> I, every round I got through, I was like, wow, we made it through this. And then I was like, <laughs> oh, this is so much work. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can assure everybody that our award programs aren't quite so much work. And it must have been a real thrill, such a validation of your work to be chosen as a finalist, mm-hmm. then go on to win the Coin Small Business Achievement Award in the Queensland Community Achievement Awards. It was it's amazing. Every time when we apply for an award, because as many small businesses that listen to this would know, it is quite a time investment still. It's still, you know, you have quite a lot to do for it and you never know how it returns. But I think it is always worth doing it because I also find you really learn how to structure your words sometimes. Um write certain things down that you say like, oh, wow, we've really done that well. You know, sometimes it makes you sit down and look at your company again from a helicopter view. Yes. And you're like, oh, we've done so well. We had to update, for example, the donations we did. And we, for example, provided around 9,000 meals for Australians in need. Wow. Just by doing the process, I was like, oh, wow, I hadn't looked at it for a while. And that's just, you know, like, so it also makes you really look back at your company and all your processes, how you do things. And it's it makes you proud. So I think it's always worth doing, but it is a bit of time investment, I would say. Has the award helped to promote Go for Zero or increase credibility at all? Yes, I would say it always does, to be honest. It I think for customers, it just shows that what you say is also true. Because, again, any company can say whatever they want. And to be honest, a social enterprise, you wouldn't. But still, you would 
the customers don't always know. So I think an award just gives you that extra credibility that people are like, oh, yeah, you know, they won this. So they're probably, you know, like they're probably doing a pretty good job. And I think that just helps with um, how customers look at your company. And I think also it's a small win for your team, right? Like it's because it's not about me. It's about the whole team. It's about the whole company. It's about our customers. And it's just a moment to stop and, and, and be proud. Yeah. What advice can you offer for aspiring social entrepreneurs? I would bring it back to passion. If there's anything that you can see that you can do out there and you are willing to really put yourself out there talk to people about it and give it a go like do it like it's so on top of people's mind now there's no better time to launch something like this i launched it three years ago and people are like no yeah interesting cool but but, you know it's not what everyone was thinking about now it's it's so much easier to talk about these things because people are are way more aware so I would say if you if there's anything that you can do good, like if it's environmental or social, people will back you up if you have the right um, mindset. And if it's really that it comes from your heart, then customers, people around you will see that you live and breathe it and they will support you, talk about you and will help you uh, become successful. It takes time to grow. So yes. be patient. Stay true to your passion. Be patient, absolutely. Like all of us, you must feel the daily pressure from time to time. How do you stay motivated and keep energised? So I actually, because I have two little girls, I get up every day at four. And I would say in winter that's harder than in summer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, but it's it's something that I have set my mind to. I've got my routine and everything at time in the morning, sometimes when I don't feel like getting up, I just I just think about what I am doing that day. And it just because that deeper purpose running through everything I do, I can, I do get up rather easy in the mornings. And I'm I'm excited. I see all these opportunities. I wish I, ha- I won the lottery, you know, like there's so many things I would want to achieve with this business. There's so many things we can do with this business, but budget is always something that we have to um, keep in mind, obviously staff and time. So I think because there's so much we can do and it's such a positive vibe about the business, I find it really easy to stay positive and even with a hard day sometimes I have a cry and that's fine you know it's fine we're doing the right thing in the world we're doing the right thing for people for a planet and we're good we can go again for example I lost a ten thousand dollar shipment of a certain product well I cried I totally cried I was so sad I was sad for the money I was sad for the waste of the product because I could not do anything with it anymore because it was molded in traffic and um, when it was shipped to us. So on moments like that, you really think like, man, but that's the passion again. If you're passionate, you'll be like, you pick yourself up and you're like, no, that's just one of these things. we got to keep going. We'll lose money. We'll, we'll, the cry helped, I guess, (laughs) and then move on. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. People often say to me, wow, what a fun business you've got. Oh, you get to go to dinners, sit there and have food and chat. Yeah, right. wish it was that easy. Yeah. <laughs> Be handy, isn't it? And I think also, I think we often, that's the things we only talk about. And I'm very careful with that also on social media that I also talk about the things that don't work. Like when that happened, I showed everyone, I said, like, look what a waste we created, to be honest, you know, like it's against everything we do when that happened. And, you know, but it's good for customers to also see that it's not, it. to be honest, running a business is not easy. It looks like you can just indeed have an online store and the money comes. It's nothing like that. So yes. I think people have to know that there's, there is a lot of investment, but then again, if you love what you do, that's what you want to do. You want to put time into it. You want to talk to, I want to talk to customers. I'm excited when I get all these questions on Instagram on how do you replace a blade? Do you, do you cut yourself with a reusable razor so I can do stories about it? Cause I know people are thinking about it. So it means they're keen to make a change, but they don't not 
they're not a hundred percent sure. So I know I can really make a difference in their life. So it just gets me so excited. And I think the motivation just really comes from within. I think if you're thinking about a business to make money, I don't know if it will really last. If you think about a business that you're really passionate about, you will last, you know, like you will last and that determination will hang around and it will work. Just, just go. That's great uh, advice for everybody, I think. Are there any exciting advancements or expansions to look out for, for Go for Zero in the coming months or years? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so many. Job, ah. do you have an hour? <laughs> um, obviously, products we just launched are Australian made uh, t shirt. Um, we showed the whole process how it's printed in Australia, how it's sewn in Australia. Um, so we have a few products that we are launching um, this year, but we're also launching an app. So it's our store will become an app. So it's way easier to look on your phone to find certain alternatives. That's a really big one for us. Yeah. Then I would definitely say a B Corp. So we are applying to become a B Corp, which is, um, you know, it's all about businesses that are have um, a purpose over profit. Yes. And to be honest, when I launched Go for Zero, I had emailed them because I knew I wanted to have my business set up as a B Corp. And I launched everything to have that um, system in place and all these requirements in place. But then our store took off and I just haven't had any time to look at it. And it's something that always has been uh, eating away at me. I really want to be a B Corp. And so this year we said like, whatever happens, like busy or not, it's going to be a priority because we are absolutely a B Corp already. We just don't have the certification. So that's a big one for us to become a B Corp. Fantastic. So what's next for Ellie personally? Ooh. <laughs> Put you on the spot. Well, yeah, definitely. Um, I want to move more into making videos. So not only having them on social media, but have them on every product page to have them on YouTube. So it's very easy for people to access. So they don't always have to follow us on social media. So that is a really big one for us um, to do. And I am looking at growth. Like for me, the sky's the limit. I just, I really want every household to start making one simple change, even if it's not with a product from us just to learn about it, learn to recycle better. And I really aim for that. We just want to grow. And it's not because, again, it's we're not looking at finance because it comes with it, but it, it's really the purpose for us. It's really like people can make one change and that will just kick off their journey. And we can do so much good in this world. We'd go for zero. And this year is absolutely, we're looking at how much more can we impact. Yeah, great. Uh, great goal. So where can we find out more about Go for Zero and make purchases of your beautiful products? I know you've told us already, but uh, tell us again. Yeah, definitely on our website. So at goforzero.com.au. And I would definitely advise to have a look at social media too, which is goforzero underscore au. Um, so that's where you find us and you can text us, you can email us through any of these places too. You'll always get an honest personal answer. Fantastic. Ellie, it's been a real pleasure talking with you and to find out more about Go for Zero, a really worthy company and so many amazing products. You're a true community champion that makes a real difference in the community and for our environment. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. It's been a real honour and a pleasure. The same for me, Jeff. Thank you so much for having me. I hope your business thrives for your sake, but also for the sake of every family that takes Go For Zero products into their home and for our planet as well for the waste reduction that we can make by using your products, but also equally and probably more importantly, how we can be educated on doing our little bit. I hope everyone has enjoyed the chat with Ellie today and to learn more about the difference Go for Zero is making. Before we close, a little plug for our Awards Australia membership program. For only $50, 
you can become an annual member, become part of our team to help fund prize grants for all of our award winners. Until next week, take care, be kind and keep inspiring. I hope you enjoyed today's interview as much as I have. We would love you to subscribe to our podcast so that you won't miss an episode. Join us each week as we talk with ordinary Australians achieving extraordinary things. Did you know that Awards Australia is a family-owned business that proudly makes a difference in the lives of those that make a difference for others? And we thank our corporate and not-for-profit partners for making our award programs possible. Do you know someone that's making a difference? Or maybe your business might like to sponsor an award. Contact us through our Instagram page, inspirational.australians, or head to our website, awardsaustralia.com. It would be great if you could share this episode with your network, because who doesn't like a good news story? And please rate and review us. We would really love to hear your thoughts. Until next week, stay safe. And remember, together we make a difference. Thanks for joining us today on the Inspirational Australians podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening and have been inspired by ordinary Australians achieving extraordinary things. So it's goodbye for another week. Remember, together we make a difference.